Covered in Glory is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it, must be 21 years or older. Welcome back to another edition of Covered in Glory here on the Extra Points Podcast Network, part of Omaha Productions. Brett, this match week is not my favorite of the year. I don't know about you. It feels like dressing up for Halloween, getting out, you know, having a couple of king-size candy bars, and all of a sudden you get to the house with the raisins. How are you feeling about this week's matchup? Uh, as I texted you offline, this feels like Thursday night, the Thursday night football of slates, except every team is the Denver Broncos. <laughs> oh man. Heaven forbid. Um, but Hey, this is exactly why we have gambling. So we're still going to have these games. They're still going to be fun. They're still going to be interesting. And they still beat the hell out of whatever else we were going to do on a Saturday morning. Right? Yeah. Well, and weirdly the lines for this week, like I was more excited about some of the lines for this week, even though the games matches were terrible than I have been about some of the other weeks where I just kept taking the coward's way out and picking draws because <laughs> I couldn't really get a feel one way or the other. So it thought uh, it's kind of weird how that works, but thank God for gambling. <laughs> yeah. You turn into a gambling show where uh, the hosts are supposed to make picks and you're promising to make picks this week. So I think that's great. That's really, you're really showing some growth. I know I'm doing a good job. I'm, I'm <laughs> I deserve a raise. <laughs> All right. Before we get to the games, because we're probably going to rip through them pretty quick, given that there's no heavyweight matchups this week, wanted to uh, ask you a question and you're going to feel targeted, but this is your usual safe space. I want you to go ahead and explore it. Um, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts recently on this network and on other networks that have been talking uh, about how analytics are ruining sports. You take baseball with the three true outcomes and how uh, the Aaron Judge home run race is no longer all that exciting, you know, not just because of steroids, but because of the way baseball is played right now. You take football with these 52 versus 48 coin flips and everybody going for it and then being second guessed from coast to coast by anybody with a microphone for the rest of the week. But people think that it's changing the way the game is played and not always in a good way. You take basketball with the three point line and the number of attempts absolutely skyrocketing over the last 10 years and taking away from the mid range game, the post game and making everything you watch a little bit uh, the same. It's just kind of Groundhog's Day. It's over and over again, kick out to a corner three, and then it just becomes a jump shooting contest. But that's the way the analytics say they can play the game. So I know this is kind of like asking Elon Musk if he thinks electric cars are a good thing, but people are starting to see Wait, guys like Elon you. Musk in this analogy? It's <laughs> the most insulting thing you've ever said to me. Well, you wanted a raise. I just gave you billions. Uh, <laughs> People are starting to see guys like you turn into Ed Norton in Fight Club when he snaps and beats the snot out of the blind guy and explains it by saying, I felt like destroying something, something beautiful. beautiful. So, Brett, are you coming to destroy something beautiful or is soccer too complex to ever be fundamentally ruined by nerds like you? Oh, man. Um, I, I would. I, I think I want to go back on the kind of like the basis of this question because, number one, I, I think with football – the aggressive nature of going for, for fourth down seems way better than coaches punting on fourth and four at like the opponent's 44 yard line. Um, with the NBA, 
I don't know how you can watch some of those games. I know like the blowouts, the the back and forth blowouts and, you know, key playoff series weren't great. And the variance is going to kind of make that happen. Um, But also like, it's hard to say that this era of basketball is not the best era of basketball that we've ever seen with some of the most exciting players we've ever seen. But to uh, Taylor, well, the, the, the match week isn't so bad that I'm going to have that debate with you for an hour right now. But we're going to have to do that in a later show because I 100 percent disagree with you. All right. We'll save that one for one of our many offshoot pods that we have coming in the can here. Um, no, I, I would say with soccer, I, I do. I do agree that it is very complex to the point where I don't know if we'll ever really get to the crux of it being, quote unquote, solved in the way that baseball has been solved in the way that mostly basketball has been solved um, because there's so much like, like we we're really good. And, and on the show, I, I'm, I'm not saying like we're, we're really good. Those are two separate things. We as like a universal, we are really good in the soccer community at, at quantifying things that happen on the ball. Right. We were good with XG. XG is a great indicator of stuff that we know it happens on the ball we are still in the dark ages of understanding the value of what happens when people aren't touching a soccer ball which is the vast majority of the match and uh, you have teased that there's going to be a hugo Lloris conversation that we're going to have at some point and part of that conversation with goalkeeping in particular is that again we have some pretty good metrics when a ball is kicked at a goalkeeper what his value is to a team but a goalkeeper's overall value, like it's going to be kind of wrapped in everything that goes on with defensive organization, with the, the shots that aren't taken because of his positioning, with the crosses that don't get through because of his aggressiveness and going to claim them. Like all those things matter. And we are still pretty far behind, at least publicly in terms of public data, pretty far behind in understanding that stuff. And anytime there's an 11 on 11 thing that's going on, it's going to be some degree of chaos as someone who has lost his butt in DFS sports and soccer this year. I can tell you that using modeling and advanced data doesn't always save you from the randomness that goes on. I think there's always going to be some mystery. Like part of the reason we love soccer is there's a mystique to it. There's a mystery to it. We feel like a lot of anything can happen. Um, We've seen some pretty crazy results already in Europa. I mean, Shakhtar's run essentially is, defied all analytics so far in the champions league that they have a chance to advance still. Um, and I think that's why we love it. And I think we're still very, very far away from feeling like we ever are going to solve soccer. Um, Cause even the closest thing that we have publicly is like the Davies model, right? Which we've mentioned multiple times on, on different podcasts. And even that is a metric that is, is not an all in one. It's constantly being re- revised and reworked as we have more efficient and effective ways of gathering data I still think that even with everything that's going to come up in the next five or 10 years that we're, we will not be sitting here talking about soccer like it's baseball. Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting because so much of the modern discussion is about pressing high up the pitch, playing out of the back, like, you know, all those sorts of things. And it's not that the game has become homogeneous quite yet because you still have teams like Southampton rolling out a five, four, one and getting a result somehow, which was absolutely incredible. Um, but you do see it start to see more teams start to play the same style. 
And so I agree that it's too complex to ever reach the point of baseball, which is a series of kind of independent one-on-one matchups over and over and over again. And even basketball where, you know, the spacing and the three versus two has now become so obvious that, you know, we kind of just reached the natural end point for where the game was going to, to come. And it's kind of amazing that three threes worth more than two didn't occur to people in the eighties and nineties. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do, I do worry about it a little bit, right? Like I love that we can argue about the three, four, three versus the four, two, three, one versus the four, three, three, uh, you know, the three, five, two. I love that different teams can roll out different tactics. I love that Mourinho and Simone and those guys can like grind these victories out in a completely different way as teams like Pep. I love like, you know, the Brazilian flair versus the German industrialism and all those sorts of things. And so I hope that never, ever gets rooted out of the game and everybody with a mic, not just from coast to coast in America, but from the edge to edge of the globe is talking about the same teams playing the same style of the sport over and over again in in leagues across the world. Yeah, I mean, I do think one thing is like we are losing a little bit because of the globalization of leagues in that, like, you know, 40 years ago, there was a distinct Italian style. There was a distinct German style. There was a distinct English style. Now those things are all becoming a melting pot and things like the Premier League where we're seeing, you know, kind of the robust like physical physicality in the Premier League combined with the German pressing and the Italian back threes and like those kind of things. So I do think that stuff is, is kind of going away, but I also think that like in a lot of ways, and I've, I've talked about this with people about football, that the analytics push in soccer is, is probably going to be cyclical in the sense. And it's always going to be rooted in personnel, like because of the financial advantages that some teams have, like you're never going to get like, um, Queens Park Rangers, who was a mid-tier championship team, playing like Pep, right? Because like they just don't have the players to do that. Like they can't play that style. And even even to a smaller degree, like the if you, I mean, there's a book, there's a famous book called Inverting the Pyramid. That's kind of about the nature of soccer tactics evolving. And you know, one of the things that used to be very pronounced in the English game was the four-four-two with crossing in and two big target men. And, you know, then we saw this, this Arsenal started it and then Pep defined it with Tiki Taka with Barcelona. And then it's all about possession and short passing and controlling the ball. And yet here's Liverpool kind of salvaging their season by going back to what formation? A 4-4-2. Um, yeah. So like that, like, and, and I think we're always going to see that. I think that the resource advantage um, is always going to cause teams to have to change up their styles and not always be able to play in the optimal way. I think one of the pushes that will actually make things better is the fact that a ton of analysts and data analysts say there's so much being left on the table on set pieces. We've seen it a little bit in the Euros, like where some of the teams will run these really intricate, like fun set pieces. And like, I want more of that. I think that stuff's great. When like a set piece looks like a basketball play with like backdoor cuts and screens and guys exit off each other. That's cool. Like, I think that stuff's exciting. And I think that's a positive side of like the data revolution. Um, and I always think that soccer is going to be so global, so broad with so many different factors from finances to league style um, that we're never going to see this homogenous thing that goes on. So I, I'm a little bit more optimistic about it. I, there's definitely a ton of people that share that concern that as we move forward, we're going to solve the game and it's going to ruin the, the, the game. But I think for a lot of changes, I don't want to see <laughs> like 
the old school idea of what was efficient of Stuart Downing whipping crosses into Annie Carroll. It's a lot more fun watching Kevin De Bruyne hit cutbacks to Erling Holland. So, like, yeah. you know, that that's way better. Well, anybody within the sound of my voice, if you have disaffected baseball fans or football fans or uh, basketball fans, bring them over to the beautiful game. Bring them to the World Cup. Bring them to the Premier League because not even a nerd as powerful as Brett can ruin it for him. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, before we get into this week's games and see if we can turn these raisins at least into like raisinets covered in chocolate, let's go ahead and take our first break. Your first bet with Caesars Sportsbook and Casino. It's on Caesars up to $1,250. Download the app with promo code C-Z-R-F-U-L-L and place your first bet. If you win, congrats. If you don't, you'll get it all back as a free bet. That first bet also gives you a thousand tier credits and a thousand reward credits, putting you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer free stays, game tickets, experiences, and more. You must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Michigan, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ontario, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming, and Washington, D.C. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, Ohio, and Utah, and other states where prohibited. Yes, you have to know. When to stop before you start. If you have a gambling problem in Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Virginia, West Virginia, or Pennsylvania, or if you know someone who has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or in Maryland, visit MarylandGamblingMDGamblingHelp.org or West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net, Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Colorado, D.C., Nevada, Wyoming, Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700, Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. New York, call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y. That's 467-369. Or text C-O-N-N-E-X to 247-247. Tennessee, call or text Tennessee Redline 1-800-889-9789. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Okay, let us break down this week's matches. And we are going to start, uh, just we're going to do them in order of, of when they're going to occur during the weekend because there's not a primetime matchup. So we're starting at Leicester versus Man City. Leicester is 17th. 11 points. Man City is second, 26 points. This game is Saturday at 7.30 a.m. City is minus 370. Leicester is plus 900. The draw is plus 480. Manchester City minus a goal and a half is minus 140. Leicester is plus 110. So, Brett, Leicester won their last two matches, 4-0 against Wolves and 2-0 against Leeds. 
let's just say these were incredibly deceiving since they were wildly outplayed per XG in both matches. Yep. Wolves was particularly egregious, losing on XG 2.12 versus 0.89. In other words, they did us a massive favor in lowering the odds here. As they are still the same team that lost 6-2 to Spurs. They're still the same team that lost 4-2 to Arsenal in a game that wasn't even that close. Manchester City are already through as group leaders in Champions League and have to be smelling a little bit of blood with Arsenal unexpectedly dropping points last week. And until the World Cup, the Premier League could be their primary focus and a focused City team absolutely beats Leicester by at least two goals. I'm shocked you do not have to lay more than minus 140 to get that result. So that's where my money's going this week. Yeah, I mean, this one is um, uh, uh, deceiving is the perfect word for it. Lesser are overperforming their expe- uh, expected goal totals in the attack. Um, I think to a degree, they always might do that as long as James Madison. I think James Madison might be approaching that. He's just a really good finisher thing, um, but extremely misleading results. They still are putting, and I, I hate trashing professional athletes. I don't know. Maybe he sucks as a person. I'll feel better about it. But Danny Ward is probably the worst goalkeeper in Premier League history that at least I've seen in my lifetime. Uh, He's still between the pipes. There's nothing about this Leicester team that's inspiring any confidence, which is really sad state of affairs, given that, you know, they were supposed to be the team that was supposed to challenge and break up the top six. And now we're looking at them as a relegation team. So I actually went one step further and I took the adjusted line of minus 2.5 at plus 180 because this just feels like a route. And the reason I, I know that is because Erling Holland was minus 250 as an anytime goal scorer. And I stared at that line for about five <laughs> minutes being like, I feel like there's an edge there. <laughs> I didn't get to that. My prop is actually lowering it a little bit. City to win and how long the score is minus 175 felt like that was a little bit better since I'm very, very locked into this being a very lopsided game in City's favor. But man, <laughs> it's wild to me that I'm staring at a minus 250 anytime goal score line and being like, that seems like well, good odds. <laughs> well, the guy's got 22 goals before Halloween. I mean, <laughs> we're watching something that's like barely precedent in our lifetime in a, yeah. in a major league, maybe some farmers league or a Sunday league. You got a guy running Rob shed like this, but come on 17 premier league goals, 22 goals in all comps. This is absolutely acidite at this point. Like how, of course, he's going against Danny Ward. So they can set it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. So Brett, you got to keep things fresh from time to time. And I've been hunting oh, no. for what are you doing? Are you turning gonna, to me? Are you doing to me? Are you doing to me? Is this a Joe Willock bet? I, I will never turn into you. Look at this hairline and then look at yours and then take those words back. Out. Oh. <laughs> uh, oh. But you you gotta you've gotta keep things fresh. And I've been hunting for ways to find value in strange Manchester uh, Manchester City goal scoring props week after week. It's gotten a little bit stale. By the way, I've been finding that value, so I don't know why I'm going against a trend that's been profitable for me, but I need to take the week off to kind of keep that spark going. So this week, I'm going to focus on a different quirk of Manchester City, and I'm going to go with Leicester to score in the second half at plus 150. Uh, Manchester City has allowed goals in six Premier League games this season, and five of them have featured a second half goal. A lot of the time, it's because they are murdering fools and they switch off, but other times because they're pressing the advantage so ferociously they leave themselves open to a fast counter. I think Vardy has just enough left in his legs to hit them in that scenario, but more likely City gives up a softie because they're already up 3-0. 
Either way, I'm taking the uh, chance to juice the odds a little bit and get a nice plus money wager behind two highly plausible scenarios. Yeah, I, I like that. I mean, I, I have not been very bullish on cities defending this year. It seems like that is not nearly as tight as it has been in the past. Um, and yeah, this is if it's a lopsided game, I mean, look at what happened when they played United, right? Like they went out and smashed them and then United come back and they scored two or three, three goals. I think, you know, when the game was basically in garbage time. Um, so I, I like that bet. That's actually, that is very much the opposite of a Joe Lowick bet. So good, good job, Toby. This is the other reason, you know, I'm not you because you say the word actually week after week, after week, after week to, ben, uh, to demean me when I come up with a new angle. And I do not do that to you, Brett, because I expect it from you. I like that. I'm still sneaking up on you after these years with all of these different ways to find value in the world of gambling. I even mean, though I beat you in the five fight. And even though I'm up on you uh, over the course of our broadcasting time together. I, I'm just saying that you you have a couple of old reliables. So when you kind of like, you know, go off that little that the path less traveled, it does surprise me. And I'm I'm always happy to see how you get there. Like that to me is like the, the fun part is I'm watching you just find that path. And then you explain to me how you found that path. And I love that. Yeah. Then you use the word actually and and <laughs> take all my wind out of my sails. Uh, but that's okay. That's okay. As long as I keep sneaking up on people, it's fine. Call me. I'm like the Newcastle of this podcast. People don't think I'm in the big six yet, but before you know it, I'm playing in the Champions League. Yep. Or maybe, or maybe the thing is, I'm just an arrogant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you used the word butt earlier, so meatballs wouldn't have to do extra work. But now you got them bleeping you away. Oh, we gotta, we gotta bleep that one. Swear, <laughs> someone's name. Could be talking about Richard. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Richard. Uh, let's move to the next game in the, this week's slate. We're going to go to Bournemouth, 14th at 13 points versus Tottenham, third at 23 points, Saturday at 10 a.m. Spurs are minus 140. Bournemouth is plus 380. The draw is plus 275. Our friends at Caesars have Spurs minus 0.5 and minus 145, and Bournemouth at plus 115. All right, Brett, you've already kind of previewed it. I did text you this question. I usually don't let you prep for stuff because, you know, we only got ruins, an hour and you, you do everything. seven hours of, of homework to answer a five-minute question. Um, but I did, I did tell you I want to talk about Hugo Lloris because it's time we have to talk about it. For the last few weeks, every time I, I uh, watch Tottenham, my notes end up being full of line after line of how shaky he looks. There are obvious things like his ill-fated marauding run and flop in the Newcastle game last week, which is kind of impossible to ignore. But it Wild. feels like he's also it also feels like he's blowing simple catches. He's spilling fairly simple stops at an alarming rate. And he's like doing these like theatrical dives to make it look like he's doing spectacular things when, as the announcers like to say, it's just clearly one for the camera to make it appear as if it's more challenging than it is. I I don't know. That's the Jordan Pickford special. <laughs> don't take that special. do not take that from him <laughs> i don't know i'd like to see you know alien versus predator and Larice versus pickford in this uh category but <laughs> i don't i don't know i asked you to do a little bit research because i want to know am i just imagining things or is he becoming a liability that could sink not only the spurs but also the favorite france or one of the favorites france in the upcoming world cup well so so this is actually perfect um, given our previous conversation, oh, actually, again, this is actually perfect. Thanks, Brett. Uh, no, no, I'm saying the way that you've tied <laughs> this into our previous discussion about analytics fits in wonderfully well with this question because it's this it's the mystery, right? So I can sit here and I can tell you all the advanced data that we have on the race. 
Like I can tell you that his shot stopping numbers have declined the last two years. I can give you the whole speech about how shot stopping numbers kind of have to be taken in aggregate because year to year, they're very volatile. Um, but you know, his crossing, I can even tell you that he's 77th percentile in stopping crosses into the box, but that doesn't put a metric value on the things that you're seeing, the spill balls, the shakiness in the net, the, uh, the fact that he is very reminiscent right now of late stage, Tim Howard, who is a phenomenal goalkeeper that relied on his athleticism. And I follow a couple of goalkeeping guys and I'll tell you what, I don't really see a lot of look at Hugo Lloris's positioning here as the textbook example of how to do this. He was always a player that relied on his athleticism to make these spectacular saves. He's 35, someone in their mid thirties. I know, I know that that starts <laughs> to win. Um, so, you know, he's one of those dudes that he relied on a specific thing to make him really good. At that time in his career right now is when that certain skill or physical attribute might be starting to fade. And it might be why Marcus Edwards can score on a very nondescript shot in the champions league midweek. It might be why he was late getting out (laughs) with the Colin Wilson goal on Newcastle. It might also be why he couldn't stop the Elmeron goal, which was from a very, very wide angle. And it looked like Larice like gave him an opening, despite the fact that that was a very, very high degree of difficulty chance to try to score. So, yeah, I I think there's problems. Um, I think his shot stopping numbers are something that definitely are a concern. I don't know if you can say it's a trend yet. Um, I mean, he had a couple of years where he was legitimately three straight years, one of the best shot stoppers in the Premier League. Um, But it's that time. He's that type of player. You know, we always talk about certain types of players aging poorly. I feel like Larice fits that bill. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you'll come back with a different counter to this argument, but I think there's definitely a decline there. They, I think I saw that they were linked to old block from Atletico um, just even recently, which is odd. Yeah, Everybody's uh, been linked. To I was going to say, I feel like years. that's just like, that's just what happens when you have goalkeeping problems in your champions league club, you get a link to Jan Oblak. Um but yeah, I, I do think there's something there. I think it's it's one of those things that the beautiful thing about soccer is there are multiple sides to this debate and we don't have a true answer. We can't say, is he slipping to a point where it's costing them points and wins? Um, but we also definitely can't say that he's not. Yeah, well, I, I know you're studying your spreadsheets and you're having your uh, chats in, in your community and things like that. I'm just watching the game. And in watching him, I just see so such a lack of confidence, such, you know, um, reduction in mobility to to the point where, you know, he has to make these saves for the cameras. Uh, And when it comes to France, I don't know if they have the balls to bench him or not, but if they don't, there's no way. No, I don't know. I don't know. I I mean, like things like this tend to flare up and become uh, the brightest on the biggest stage. And I can absolutely see the narrative where Larice lets in a howler, France goes home one zero, and his you know international career is blemished and basically over. So just watching him in the lead up to the World Cup has made me less bullish on uh, taking France. But we can talk about that more when we do our preview in a couple of weeks. Oh yeah, that'll come uh, up. 
And I, and I look, I guess the other reason I noticed it so much with uh, with Lloris and the Spurs is without Kulisevsky, they had basically no margin for error whatsoever. Yep. As Sun is struggling to put away even like 1v1s with the keeper, and Eric Dyer is way too involved in their Champions League chance creations uh, <laughs> to on, take them seriously. On. Can we talk about this? On a team with Sun and Harry Kane, the fact that Eric freaking and i want to say the other words so bad eric freaking <laughs> dyer takes their free kicks what is happening oh yeah and then he's just like and then he's also like getting in the box and you know unable to finish and then like pounding the turf it's like why are you so frustrated you're eric dyer you're the only one who didn't realize that that was what was gonna happen <laughs> the rest of us is like written that off as soon as the cross came in um but anyway, outside of Kane's heroics, it's hard to have faith in their ability to separate from their opponents in any given match. So goalkeeping errors that turn three points into one and one into zero become an existential threat to their ambitions. Yeah, 100%. Luckily, they, luckily, they are playing a Bournemouth team that has lost a combined 16-0 in three matches against uh, big six teams so far this year. So I'm forced to take the Spurs here, but it's an indictment then I'm not adjusting the spread at all. And I'm going to stick with the Spurs at a pedestrian minus 140. Uh, well, you know what, man, this is, this could be a horrible week for me. This is ever after we got rid of the city game, pretty much everything coming down the pipe is me betting against the top six because I have no faith in any of them. So I'm going the other way. I, I Bournemouth is the worst team in the Premier League. I think they're worse than Forest. I mean, it's a nice battle, like slap fight, I guess, down at the bottom there. Um, they've gotten really lucky to have that that unbeaten run that they had uh, after they got pummeled by Liverpool. But I just don't have any faith in, faith in Spurs. Kane had no shots against Sporting Lisbon. Obviously, the VAR overturned the one that would have been the winner. Eric Dyer was tied for the team lead with four. <laughs> Never a healthy sign of your attack when Eric Dyer has four shots and it leads your team. Um, so I, this is mostly a bet against Spurs. It's plus 115 for Bournemouth, plus 0.5. I, I have no confidence to take Spurs, especially after a pretty grueling midweek Champions League match. They're going to be away at Bournemouth. And Bournemouth just has a way of hanging in games within the margin of error, <laughs> basically, is what they do. So I, I'm going to take Bournemouth, and I'm going to kind of lean into that even further with a no on both teams to score at minus 110. You have mentioned it. Lucas Mora made an appearance midweek. Also not a sign of a healthy attack. Um, I have zero confidence in Bournemouth to score, <laughs> although props to them for using Philip Billing like Marijuana Fellaini. That's a nice Everton throwback. So shout out to that. Um, but I, I think that the that is one of the games that is going to be really ugly. It's going to be really close and you're getting plus money on the spread and you're getting pretty decent odds on what seems like a huge range of outcomes, which is nil nil or one oh either way in this yeah. match, which seems almost tailor made for what's going to happen. Yeah, I'm always annoyed when this happens. That's the one I had written down too. Uh, <laughs> so I don't have to add too much. I would, I'm also taking the minus 110. Uh, given Larissa's struggles and Tottenham not taking control of games and suffocating opponents, I, I don't feel great about a clean sheet, clean sheet victory for Spurs. Uh, I'm not sure they are a good team doing a good thing until Kulishevsky comes back. But I can get a piece of that line here and have the added bonus that if the Spurs' creaky attack and tired front line legs completely break down, I've got two avenues to win. So I like the minus 110 as the best bet in this game. Yeah. I oh, mean, right. nothing else to add. 
let's see what you have to add to the Potter Bowl. Brighton, ninth at 15 points <laughs> versus Chelsea, fifth at 21 points. Saturday <laughs> at 10 a.m., Chelsea plus 150, Brighton plus 185. The draw is plus 255. Uh, Chelsea minus half a goal is listed at plus 135. Brighton at minus 175. Brett, I was shocked, positively shocked when I saw this number. In the five games as Potter switched sides uh, between these two teams, Brighton has two points and zero wins. Meanwhile, Chelsea has qualified as group winners already in the Champions League and have gone 6-0-2 in all competitions since he took over. If they, if they end up winning their game in hand, they would move to third in the table in the Premier League. How do you look at all of that and make Brighton a minus-175 favorite to get a result? I know I'm well aware I could be a homer, so please tell me what I'm missing here as this line is so fishy that it's making the deep get aroused. That's a shout-out to all the boys fans out there. One of oh, our favorite dude. Shows. Oh, man. We need to have a scale. <laughs> I love that show. Okay, You're throwing me off now. Oh, my God. I love that show. All right. Anyways. Is it, is it just because Ed Hazard is playing Frenchie? Yes, uh, exactly. That's the, the entirety of the reason. All right. So, uh, we since, need to have a standalone a, pot on that show. I, since, right, since, anyways. I'm, since I'm a homer, tell me why this line isn't fishy. What is going on here? Uh, it's just luck. Potter is getting um, some very lucky breaks in a lot of games that could have went either way. Draws that could have uh, have turned that have turned into wins. Losses that have turned into draws. Um, I think he's gotten a few fortunate bounces. I mean, I'll, I'll ask you this because you, you are the Chelsea guy. You watch them week in and week out. Salzburg is pretty good, so you can't really knock that. But after they kind of blew them out for what would we say, like the first 30 minutes of that match, they pretty much had their foot on the gas. The overall result was not that convincing, and it needed the Havertz goal at the end to pull out the win. I just haven't been totally thrilled. I think part of it is the injuries. Conte's out. Rich James is out. I think Potter is still trying to figure out how to best create solidity with putting enough attackers to have a threat. Um, I think there's still that balance game. I think it was the thing that like Tuchel was still trying to do as well. Um, and Brighton has gotten unlucky. They went the other direction last week. I think we talked about their finishing rows. Um, They definitely have had losses that should have been draws uh, wins that became draws. So it's two teams that are kind of the riding opposite of the ends of variance. So I actually am going the other direction and I am taking the plus 185 for Brighton to win because I just haven't trusted Chelsea and their depth is being really tested with the injuries in the champions league. The squad rotation at Chelsea is going to be an issue. And I think that tire teams, especially post the world cup, we're going to start seeing some more random results and this feels like a match that's prime for that. Two teams going on opposite ends of variance with a tired Chelsea team that has played a ton of matches. I'm actually going the other way around. Yeah, I'm just not I'm, I'm not with you. Uh, they don't have to play anybody in the Champions League coming up. I know they've you know had some uh, a, a huge run of games in October, as you brought up last week. And when you're talking about variance, I mean, Obama Yang can't miss every shot. Like you want to talk about variance. He, I don't believe he could miss every shot that he ever takes. And I would have, I probably would have disagreed if he was still wearing red and on the other side of London is uh, I like to make fun of him quite a bit, but like Chelsea's not having a problem in chance creation right now from what I'm watching. 
Uh, and that was what I was most worried about with Reese James going out. Like Reese James is unfortunately one of their best creators and was leading to a lot of their chance creation, particularly under Tuchel. But they seem to have this new, a little bit new energy, a little bit more verve under Potter because Potter is making these tactical changes that I think are, are bearing some fruit. I also don't think Sterling could be this bad for this long. Um, Sterling, I don't think is like Sun. Like when he's talking about Sun, might be showing signs of being washed. I think Sterling still has shown plenty of uh, a swerve and and life in his legs. He's just his touch is betraying him a couple of times right now. And so, I I am not as worried as you might be, or as you clearly are. And also, how different would this line be if Kepa realized that under the rules of soccer, he's actually allowed to use his right arm, uh, like. <laughs> Casemiro gets this desperate header one inch over the line and suddenly our number is plus 150 because not only did he reach with the wrong hand then he tried to he traps the ball in the ground to show the cameras that it was one inch over the line rather than just batting it with his right arm it's like it's like he was a catcher trying to frame it I don't know what the hell was happening but the Chelsea goalkeeping experience this year has been quite the show between those two yeah but screw it I don't know why I'm complaining uh, I'm taking the gift and then I advise everyone out there to fade the hell out of me because anything this obvious is sure to lose. Take Brett's side on this one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the thing that that's part of it too is is talking about Kappa, talking about Mendy. The goalkeeping has been really shaky. Um, I think, uh, I, and as much as I rock with the fact that Pulisic and Sterling were playing wingbacks, which that's totally heavy metal, and I'm down with that. Um, it definitely doesn't create for the defensive solidity that we had seen initially under Potter, where it looked like he was going to bring over that Brighton thing of suffocating teams, limiting chances, all that kind of stuff. Um, it opens up the game more. I think it's good for them. I think uh, ultimately that's the direction that Chelsea needs to go is to put really attacking players in those spots, especially with Reese James out. Um, but it doesn't make me super confident in their ability to not concede, which is my segue into my prop bet. Um, if I'm going to take Brighton to win, I was going to go all the way. Um, I'm taking Brighton to win and both to score at plus 480, which Whoa. given the, de- the defensive, given the defensive reputation at, of these teams, that number is jacked up. But remember, we have a new manager uh, and a more attacking manager at Brighton, and Potter's team has been actually a little bit more like a Nagelsmann Bayern Munich team in terms of how they've been coming out with their setup. So I actually think the undervalued thing in this match is probably going to be the goals that are scored. This is probably being billed as a really like defensive struggle. But if you actually look at the way these two teams have been playing recently, they have been creating chances. Like there are going to be goals in this match. So I kind of like that. I just went all in with the Brighton thing. Um, But I think anywhere that there's an over or, Goal scoring, I think you're going to have some value here. This is so much more fun than agreeing on Tottenham and Bournemouth not to score. Uh, I am going in a different direction as you, obviously, and I'm doubling down on my first pick. I'm taking Chelsea to win first half at plus 205. I have kind of been hot riding these to win first half bets. And in the last five wins for Chelsea, all under Potter, they won the first half every single time. So if you want to juice your odds while also hedging against some home crowd-driven last-second heroics from Brighton, this is a good way to do it. By the way, I also love, I really do love, that Potter isn't afraid to make an early adjustment. If something isn't working, he acts fast, which is so refreshing that so many managers around the world won't ever make a change in the first half because they don't want it to be so obvious to the commentators that they made a mistake in the first place. 
Chelsea were going to get blown away in that United match if they did not switch things up by bringing on Kova. And he did it while they were still at 0-0 rather than waiting until it was 2-0 and too late. Uh, Mm -hmm. I love it. And I think it makes a bet like this even stronger as he's adjusting to early uh, data and, you know, what he's observing early on in the match. And this gives them the best chance to win in all of the 90 minutes rather than just the last 20 or 30. Yeah, I just love that he's not doing the two goal. Let's play as play quick at wing back. That can go. That can go away forever. <laughs> oh well, <laughs> you you didn't like the uh, Aspilicueta Alonso setup? <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't need to see that anymore. There's enough horrible things in the world that are inflicted on all of us. Get that out of there. Well, you can see half of it in the Europa League. Way to go, Barca! Pull some more levers, Barca. Alonso's a center back now, though. <laughs> all right uh another break and then we'll do the last three games and then the five pint and get you out of here tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts good news ad free listening is available on amazon music included with your prime membership amazon music offers the most ad free top podcasts enjoy shows like first take part of the interruption and the low post available ad free and uninterrupted to start listening download the amazon music app or go to amazon.com slash espn pods that's amazon.com slash espn pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. And we are back and heading over to Liverpool, 8th at 16 points versus Leeds United, 18th at 9 points. This game is Saturday at 2.45 p.m. Caesars has pool at minus 310, Leeds at plus 700, draw at plus 450. Liverpool minus one and a half is minus 120, and Leeds is minus 110. Oh my God, where does the Liverpool conversation even go from here, Brett? We played last week our Liverpool back, and then they go out and lose to Forrest, and it wasn't even a fluke. They got genuinely outplayed by Nottingham Forrest last week. They lost on the score sheet. They lost on the XG comparison and they definitely lost all the remaining dignity dignity because they couldn't put a single shot past a guy wearing a freaking dad hat. What was that? It was like, is this like Billy Hoyle dressing like a geek to hustle the courts in Venice Beach? Between the pasty skin, the goalie kid, the hat. He looked like the least cool person to ever attend Burning Man. And then he put a clean sheet on Liverpool. What is happening? At first glance, I thought a guy came out of the stands to try out his new nine iron, but instead he was actually supposed to be there. I couldn't get over it. He could have been wearing a tutu and he would have uh, looked less weird. This is who you lost to? This is who you lost to, Liverpool? Brett, how do they come back from this? This better be our video cutout. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> and oh, no, don't make Billy, don't know Billy Hole comparisons to Forrest. All right. Iconic movie character. We don't want him anywhere near that forest stench. 
Um, no, but I, I mean, I think, I, or maybe I'm making this up. I'm just going to pretend that I said this on a recent pod, but I do feel like we talked about that. There's probably going to be some volatility in the upcoming Liverpool performances. I don't think we expected it to be that volatile. Um, but this is what we saw. Like, this is, I think what we're going to see from Liverpool this year. I think they're going to be really up and down. I think we're going to see some really shocking results, which is why. I am going to take Leeds at plus 100 at plus 1.5 because Leeds has, uh, when they've played Arsenal and Chelsea, the cumulative XG in that match was Leeds 3.9 to a combined 1.4 against those two clubs. They show up in these big matches, and unlike under Bielsa, the frenetic energy they have is a little bit more composed, so the game isn't quite as open. And Liverpool just had another hard-fought match against Ajax. Um, coming off a midweek game, another team that's got Champions League midweeks games that is taking its hole on a squad, dealing with injuries, and kind of sense this theme of where I'm coming from with all this. Um, so I, I'm actually more bullish on Leeds. They've been really, really unlucky. I really hope that they don't take a, a very unlucky spell um, to as an excuse to fire Jesse March. I think he's done a pretty good job over there. Um, and obviously, as an American manager, we want to see him do well. Um, but I think Leeds are pretty good. I think, again, they're just, they've had some hard luck here. And I do not trust Liverpool to really show up match to match anymore. I, I've lost that faith. Yeah. Well, Brett, you keep going on about Leeds. Last week, you thought you said they were a top 10 quality team. And I've got news for you there ain't no top 10 quality team in the Premier League that gives up a goal to the ghost of Willian. I'm now worried Jesse Marsh is looking for hotel rooms in Qatar for an unexpected voca- vacation. This game is. Oh, don't say that about our guy. Come on now. <laughs> uh, look, I know it is that he's an American. And I think as an American, he's going to be able to get a spot on a cruise ship so he could go watch America play in Cutter. And that's probably what he's going to be doing is rather it, than planning it, for on. December and January. Is this all because Leeds have a better XG differential than Chelsea? Is this it? Is this it? XG <sighs> 90, Leeds point, positive 0.01. Chelsea uh, negative point zero one. I'm sorry, I'm just, just checking saying. my notes. Uh, just saying, place eight, eight, eight. How many teams? There's, there's twenty, right? Chelsea's in fifth, <sighs> and they're in eighteenth. So I think there's more to explain uh, this than just XG comes stuff on the spreadsheet. And Lester Lionel Messi. <laughs> oh my God, God, go outside again. Need some <laughs> smell, some fresh air. Um, but I, I give you credit for defending an American blindly, no matter what your eyes might tell you. <laughs> so we do. Uh, so, America. <laughs> so where this comes to the game, uh, it's probably a complete stay away. But unlike you, I'm committing to giving a pick in every game. So I'm going to hold my nose and, and figure one out. Um, given that Liverpool hasn't won a Premier League match by war, more than one goal since August 27th. And it was the only time all season and that, that Liverpool's current injury sheet is longer than the list of brands running away from Kanye. I've got to actually join you <laughs> as much as I just made fun of you. And I'm going to take leads plus a goal and a half at that. Uh, I think you got an updated number at plus 100. Oh, my God. Kanye jokes. Great. Um, <laughs> no, Kanye himself is a joke. The rest of us are just telling the truth. It's true. Um, all right. Well, I'm, I'm actually curious though. So since you struggled, what did you end up with your prop at? I actually am legitimately, I want to see where you went now with this. 
Oh, actual and illegitimate combined together. Just like that's a full sandwich of disrespect. You were you were leaving it open face for a while, but now you found another word to no, close I, it up. Usually, usually you have a very clear route of where you want to go. You find something. You have said that you struggle over this one. So I'm I want to see where the creativity is taking you. This is actually there was no disrespect intended there. I really want to see where you went to on a match that because I have not actually heard you in the last few months say that a match is kind of like had you a little flummox. I actually want to see where you go now. Yeah, you're going to be wildly disappointed because I, wow. I went with a crappy one. Uh, Salah to score first or last at oh, plus 125. On. First or last. Not anytime. First or last, Brett. I expected oh, more. God. I thought you were going to go way in the weeds. I thought you were going to like go through the rainforest and come out the other side and like a gold mine. But no, Man, I to, solid, to, I quote Tom Brady, to quote Tom Brady, I'm 42. I got a lot of S going on, Brad. I don't <laughs> always have time to go deep into the, the forest for a game that's a stay away. Right. Uh, so Salah's anytime goal odds are minus 165. So this is a way to shorten them. If you don't think Liverpool is going to have like three or four goals that might cause you to lose this bet where you could have won the other. Uh, he's kind of like Harry Kane right now. He's trying to put pool on his back with Nunez in the sun roll. He's plus 170 for the same bet uh, Nunez is. And Nunez might be the better value, but I'm going to play my gut and say that Salah is too much for Leeds to contend with. And he's going to get on the score, score sheet early or he's going to rescue pool late to cash this bet. So go ahead now. Show me up with your Nunez anytime goal scorer bet because all oh, that no. creativity that you're noted for at Liverpool where you're taking the same thing five weeks in a row. Go ahead, mastermind. No. Wow us all. No, no. I, I am actually doing my coward. This is a coward thing. I'm not a mastermind. I'm just going back to the coward route. So I took leads on the spread for the main bet and I kind of hedged that because I was torn. With there's an interesting line here that I saw Liverpool to come from behind and win plus 525. And given that we've seen Liverpool with a lot of slow starts and Leeds always comes out with that frenetic energy, I could see this, you know, quick Leeds goal and then bang, bang, Nunez scores twice and then there's a win. So <laughs> I, I like that. I thought it was an interesting way. Um, to, to kind of look at the way the game is going to probably play out because I definitely feel this is going to be a slow start for Liverpool. So you could take this one of two ways. If you think Leeds has the staying power, you take the spread. If you think that Liverpool will maybe get, take the first punch, but then come back and win the fight. This is an interesting way to bet it. Yeah. You know what, Brett? I actually like that pick. Thanks, man. I'm not going to get offended by that. I just, I, I, I just <laughs> am not going to hear the actual part. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to the next game and see if we can uh, sing from the same, same hymn sheet again or we want to keep fighting it out. Arsenal first at 28 points at Nottingham Forest, 20th at 9 points, Sunday at 10 a.m. Caesars has Arsenal at minus 510, Forest at plus 1300, the draw at plus 550. Arsenal minus a goal and a half is minus 165. The Forest is plus 127. And yes, I did just call them the Forest. I don't know why, but I did, so I might as well acknowledge it. They just roll uh, it. <laughs> Uh, all right. Last week, I said Arsenal were starting to show signs that they're going to slip up against bad teams. 
but that they would not fall into that trap against Southampton. And boy, was I wrong. <laughs> Arsenal looked a lot like Chelsea the last five years or so, generating a ton of great chances against inferior opposition, but unable to finish, which I can attest to is immensely frustrating to watch if you're rooting for that team. <laughs> then Southampton somehow dresses up as prime Tottenham for you know one minute, hits them with a perfectly executed counterattack, and scores with what felt from their only chance of the day right before Halloween. Meanwhile... Forrest beat Liverpool in what will be the best memory for their home fans and should keep their hearts nice and warm next year on cold nights playing in the championship. So if you only consider the events of last weekend, then the bet would be pretty clear here. But much to Ted Lasso's disappointment, I am not a goldfish, and I can think past uh, back a few minutes. So Arsenal take care of business here. In order to get decent odds, they do so at multiple goals, minus 165. And to get a really decent number, my prop is a good team to do a good thing. (laughs) Arsenal clean sheet win at minus 109. Uh, Well, I mean, we're on the same page for the most part. I got the same bet. I'm taking the adjusted line, minus 165, minus 1.5. And then I'm actually going with a slightly different version, I guess, of yours. Uh, no on both teams to score is minus 145. I do feel like if Forrest were to fluke out a win, it's a one nil type of situation. Um, it's definitely not like they're going to score multiple goals against Arsenal. So I, I'm I'm with you basically all the way. This is a very, boring, I mean, it's going to be a very boring match anyway. So it's probably good that we're basically mirroring it with very boring picks. All right. Well, nothing more to see here, folks. Let's just keep it moving and get you out of here before the hour's up. Manchester United, 6th at 20 points. At West Ham, 10th at 14 points. This game is Sunday at 12.15 p.m. United is minus 145. West Ham is plus 370. The draw is plus 290. United, minus half a goal, is minus 150. Ham is plus 120. The Forest at Ham. I'm really killing it this week. Uh, so We live, right. we live in a pro-truth world. Probably doesn't matter. <laughs> Whatever you want to do. Say whatever you want to say. You're not going to get canceled. Nobody gets canceled anymore. <laughs> okay. All right, Mannings. You heard it here first. I'm going to let it fly. Brett Corbita says I can do so. Uh, all right. Uh, props to Eric Ten Hag. Let me just start there because I've never started a sentence that way before. Props to Eric Ten Hag and the United side for getting a much-deserved draw against Chelsea last week. Despite all the jokes I've made about him and his team, ever since he took Ronaldo and Maguire out of the side, they come together like those two are reverse Jenga pieces. Casemiro was great before he scored that goal, and he was obviously even better afterwards. It was a fair result. But Varane got hurt, and you know what that means. Harry Maguire time, baby! He's back! And if it's Maguire time, it's hammer time in this matchup. We are back. I think we see a super physical game here and the potential for it to get real, real, real ugly. In such a knife fight, I'm taking the suddenly hot West Ham, who are 7-2-1 in their last 10 matches, to find a way to get a result here and cash a 120 ticket. Meatballs, let's go! Hammers! Oh my god. Oh, dude, just too much sometimes, man. Um, I'm actually I'm with you for different reasons. Uh, we're gonna be on the same side of this, but in their last nine matches, West Ham have allowed um an expected goal total over one just twice. Uh, so we're getting back to like peak David Moyes after a kind of a slow start the season in that department. Um, I just couldn't get there with taking West Ham. These, this feels like just an incredibly even match. So you already know where this is going. The draw at plus 290. Um, I think, you know, 
United is going to be riding high on a couple of these results here. But if you kind of look at it piece by piece, their last four Premier League matches, they got smashed by City. They beat a bad Everton team. They played a Newcastle team that's right on level with them, even. And then they played a Chelsea team that's been a little bit up and down, even. So, like, Casemiro scored some cool goals. He's done some good stuff. United looks like they're turning in the right direction. But they really haven't done much yet, like, in the when you kind of look back at it match by match. Um, so I'm going to take the draw. I actually really have been impressed with the, the turnaround of West Ham as far as defensively. Um, I mean, it warms my heart to see like a really good David Moyes defensive side again. Uh, so the draw plus 290, and then I'm going to pair that with the under of 2.5 goals is plus 105. And this one, I know your boy Harry Maguire might get the start. We also might see Lindelof. Um, but this one feels like it is going to be an absolute absolute like you said physical grinding slugfest i do not see this being a goal bonanza so that under looked pretty juicy yeah uh well we're recording this thursday afternoon man united literally scored while you were talking uh against fc sheriff in the europa league so we're wow. clearly inspiring them um but this my pick is not inspirational apparently because i have the exact same thing as you uh under two and a half goals plus 105 it's another bet that keeps hitting in hammer games. They've come through in six of the last eight uh, in under 2.5 goals. It's also hitting the four, the last four United games. So let's keep the bad times rolling, folks. <laughs> the uh, under always has value since public's love overs. And since I think it'll be ugly, it's natural to think this will be low scoring as well. So we are agreed on this one after some, some contention earlier. Uh Speaking of contention, that just leaves the five pint. Those who say soccer is a game of inches are exaggerating. This month's five pint likely came down to a single inch as Casemiro's header not only broke my Chelsea loving heart, it also cost me my both teams to score no bet and won you your Chelsea man you draw bet at the exact same time, moving us from a tie to you being up five and a half pints going into the last week. So that was definitely not my favorite moment of the year. But I know you are fully capable of snatching oh, defeat from the jaws of victory, picking all five back. defenders to score, it all back. And, and allow me to pull off a miracle. So here's who I am going with. Manchester City, minus a goal and a half, minus 140 uh, is one pint. Tottenham and Bournemouth, both to score no, minus 110 at one pint. And then screw you, Brett. Screw you. If I'm going down, I'm going down swinging on my team. Chelsea to win plus 150, two <laughs> pints. I actually am going to love this because we, it may come down to just the result of the Chelsea Brighton match that we've been at most contentious with on the pod this week. Um, I'll get my other ones out of the way. Hold Definitely on, hold go. on, hold on, hold on. That was only four pints. Oh, that was only four. I can't count. Wow, that was only four. For some reason, that was that five. I, I am doubling down. Chelsea to win the first half at plus 205 for my fifth pint. So three of my five pints are on my boys in blue to rescue me and come from behind to win this month's matchup. This, you're getting, this is the, the Homer award clap right here. You're getting that one. Um, well, that's, I don't know. I mean, again, I, I kind of doing the same thing, but I'm betting the best team in the world for the most part with all most of my mm. five pints here. Mm. So I'm taking city minus two and a half at plus plus one eighty for two. Holland to score and city to win at minus minus one seventy five for one. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna back my why. I'm an American, all right. And this is America, and I'm gonna take Leeds plus one point five at plus one hundred 
for one pint. I just do not trust Liverpool at this point to be consistent and much less win by, by two goals. Um, and then, yeah, I'm going to go with the exact opposite here. This is going to be a really fun, contentious five pint. Taking Brighton a win, plus 195 for a pint. I'm doing it. All right. All right. I love it. We have no overlap this week. Uh, all 10 pints are in play, and it'll come down to who's going to pay who uh, this month. So this is exciting. I'm glad you didn't pick anybody else. And let's go blues. Up the chels, baby. Rescue me after you broke my heart last week. For everybody else, I hope you enjoy this week's matches. I hope you have a happy Halloween. And we will see you next week for our usual interchange of horrible advice backed by expert analysis. I'll be actually glad to see you, Brett. Enjoy your weekend. (laughs) Take care, (laughs) y'all.